Love Talk Radio. I've run out of answers, I've run out of time And I'm so confused that I'm losing my mind It's gonna take a miracle to help me this time I'm traveling a road that has not one time
grateful because if it had not been for you, we would not be here. We opened our eyes this morning, God, because you gave us the strength to open our eyes. We were able to rise because you gave us strength and our limbs and the facilities of our body. We were able to get here, God, because you blessed us and brought us the way of safety and did not allow harm to come to us, Lord. We're grateful to again come into your presence because we know where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. And as we come before you today, have your way, Lord. Let flesh be crucified that you might be glorified, that your people might be edified in the name of Jesus. For God in you is life. And that's what we seek, God, life, eternal life, God. We pray, oh God, today that you will touch every person that have come seeking you, Lord. Bind the hand of the devil, God. Rebuke the hand of the enemy, Lord. God, let your anointing that resonates in this place even now. God, let there be an outpouring on your people. We need you, God, to take us to another level in you, Lord. God, we're faced with demonic forces, God. Evil spirits have come up against us, Lord, and we need to be fortified with your power. God, we can't make it on our own strength, God. We don't have enough to stand on, Lord. But we know, God, that your joy is our strength. Fill us up on today in the name of Jesus. Somebody have come this morning burdened down, God, with the issues of life, God. Somebody, God, is in the battle of their life. Somebody's, God, fighting in their mind and in their spirit, Lord. Where the devil have come in to war against them, Lord. But we thank you, God, because we know greater are you that's within us uh, than he that is within this world, God. Uh, we know, God, that you are a deliverer, Lord, uh, that you're the same yesterday, today, and forever, uh, and you're no short of your promise, Lord, uh, and you're able to deliver us, Lord. Uh, touch us on today, Lord. Uh, we need you like never before. Uh, fill us up with the Holy Ghost, God, uh, and give us a refilling, Lord, uh, that when we leave here today, Lord, huh? we can leave with your anointing, Lord, huh? that as we meet men and women, boys and girls, huh? they might be converted to know who you are, Lord. Huh? In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Huh? We thank you because you are a healer. Huh? You're the God that healeth thee, huh? and healing is in your wings, huh? and you're able to touch our feeble bodies. Huh? You're able to save our troubled souls, huh? and in the name of Jesus, huh? bind every demon, Lord, huh? every demonic force, Lord. Huh? God, that comes to keep us uh, in the same place, Lord. Uh, we're willing, God, to surrender uh, and say yes to your will, Lord. Uh, we're willing to turn our lives, God, uh, over into your hands, Lord, uh, because we come to the place, God, uh, where we realize like never before, uh, we need you, Jesus. Uh, more than anything we know, uh, we need you, Jesus. Uh, while men are trying to find, God, uh, solutions to this chaotic world, God, uh, we're looking to you. 
you, Lord, because we know for every right desire, there is an answer. And Jesus, you're that answer. There's no need for us, God, to turn hither or thither, Lord. We need but to look for you, Lord, because you're the answer, God, for our trouble lies, Lord. Touch on the day, God. Break every yoke, oh God. Save on the day, God. Deliver on the day, God. Jesus, we need you, Lord. We need you, Jesus. We need you, Jesus. We're crying out to you, Lord. We know that you're able to save our souls. We know that you're able, God, to heal our bodies, Jesus. We know that you're able, God, to turn our situations around. Jesus, no other help we know. No other help we know. No other help we know, God. You're able, Jesus, to deliver our children. You're able, Jesus, to save the unsaved husband. You're able, Jesus, to heal the cancer patient. Nothing too hard for you, Jesus. No other God we know. We know that you're able, Jesus. We know that you're able, Jesus. We say yes to your will, God. Yes to your way, Lord. Have your way, Jesus. And we'll thank you for it. And we'll give your name the praise. And we'll bless you, Lord. Yes, we thank you, Lord. And we bless your holy name. Come on, open your mouth and give the Lord some praise. One noon in February 2013, I was on my way to a gathering with three sisters. When we realized, there were two cars following us. Realizing it was probably the police, we quickly turned around and took a small alleyway. But we didn't get far before four people got out of the cars and chased us down soon. Then they got us into the cars and took us to a room at the Public Security Bureau. About four or five officers came in and roughly searched me. They took my my cell phone, my notebook, plus what I was wearing, like my earrings, my watch, as well as my ring. A couple of the female officers came in and they took me to another room where they made me strip for a search and made me squat multiple times while they watched. It was really humiliating. That's so evil. They are really evil. So I was pretty worried about how they were going to torture me. I got more scared thinking about it. So I said a prayer, asking God to watch over me, to give me faith and strength. Mm. Then I thought of these words of God. Be not afraid. With my support, who could ever block this road? Remember and don't forget, all occurs by my goodwill and under my observation. Can you follow my word in all what you say and do? When trials of fire come, will you kneel down and call out or cower and not move forward? Amen. God's words filled me with faith. God rules over everything, and the police were in his hands too. With God behind me, what did I have to fear? Right. No matter how they interrogated me and if they tortured me, 
I couldn't betray God or sell out the church. Amen. After searching me, an officer handcuffed me to a tiger chair and asked me, What's your name? Where do you live? When did you gain faith? Talk. I kept quiet. He kept asking, Are you a church leader? Where does the church keep its money? I didn't answer. He walked out, looking angry and frustrated. Did they leave you cuffed to the tiger chair? Yeah. By noon the next day, they had left me handcuffed to the tiger chair for more than 20 hours straight. And my feet were swollen and numb. I couldn't feel them. Then later, an officer came in, looking pleased. Do you know why we're coming to question you now, ma'am? I didn't know or had any idea why he would ask me such a question. Before long, I saw three officers bringing my husband to the doorway. And then I realized that they had searched my home and brought my husband in too. After 9 p.m. that night, the police put me, my husband, and the three sisters I'd been arrested with in their car and drove to the detention house. One of the officers said, You give it careful thought. Your kids are pretty little, and there's no one there to make food or watch after them. If you tell us everything you know, we'll let you go. I knew this was a trick from Satan. It wanted to get me to betray God and sell out the others for my kids. I ignored him. Great. At the detention house, four or five officers took all of us for strip searches and then put us into cells. Once inside, seeing the iron doors with police standing watch was eerily frightening, and I felt like I was in hell. There was a strong odor of feces in the cell, and I had to sleep on a damp concrete platform at night. Each of us just had one thin blanket. My bed was up against the toilet. We had to do everything all in one room. I'd gotten sick after being handcuffed for two days in the interrogation room. And the doctor who checked on me said I had a high fever. But the cop said I was faking it and didn't give me any medicine. That's completely inhumane treatment. It is. A National Security Brigade officer came to me later. He started out with small talk and then he talked about his own family. Saying we could be friends. He advised me. Even if you don't think of yourself, you have to think of your kids. Three generations will be affected if you are sentenced. Your kids won't get into college or join the army. Just think, is your faith worth dragging in generations of your family? Your family is ripped apart right now. Would it be that way if you had no faith? The CCP is confusing right and it's wrong. True. Hearing that made me really angry. And I thought, is it my fault that my family can't be together? We're believers on the right path, but you're the ones arresting us, ruining a perfectly happy home. You're the culprit tearing my family apart, not me. Yeah. But thinking about my kids not getting into college and being impacted, I wondered if they would hate me. This was something hard for me. So I silently prayed to God and asked him to watch over me. Then I thought of God's words. 
My people should always guard against Satan's tricks, guarding the gate of my house for me, so they don't fall into Satan's trap or regrets would come too late. Amen. It was enlightening, helping me see that what the officer had just said was Satan's trick. Trying to threaten me with my children's future so that I'd betray God and sell out the others. I couldn't fall for it. Right? Later, he tried another tactic to get me to talk, but I still refused to answer. After a while, he said to me, We've been to your house, and we saw your kids. They're adorable. We took a video of them. Want to see? This really hit a soft spot for me. I just couldn't let go of my worries about my two kids. My son was 14, and my daughter was 9. They must have been terrified when the police were searching our home. And with my husband and I, in police custody, how were they going to get by? Would someone do something to bully them? Who would take care of them if they got sick? If the police went over to intimidate them, what sort of state would it put them in? Would they still be able to go to school? Would they end up at the mercy of the dregs of society? This thought left me so miserable, so I quickly prayed to God. Oh God, please protect me so I don't fall for Satan's tricks, and I can stand witness for you. Then I thought of this in God's words. I have the final say in everything that occurs in the universe. Is there anything that is not in my hands? Amen. I gradually calm down as I turn this over in my mind. Whatever anyone goes through, however much they suffer, is in God's hands. In China, this ghost town, anyone who follows God is sure to be oppressed. And we can't help each other. With my husband and I arrested and suffering in jail, and our kids at home who are also suffering, no matter the worry, we couldn't change anything. I prayed, leaving our kids in God's hands, asking him to protect them. Amen. So I said to the officer, just enjoy the video yourself. The police didn't have anything more to say after that. In a place like that, you really need to be praying. Or else, you could fall for Satan's tricks anytime. Yeah. yeah. God guided me through all of this. There's no way I could have stood firm alone. Yeah. I had to keep sleeping on that platform in the detention house for a long time. And by July, my hands and feet were sore and swollen. Not long after, my joints hurt so much I couldn't touch anything cold. And I couldn't even sleep at night. It truly was very painful. Then things got more and more blurry and everything looked like it was flickering. I was dizzy. I made an illness report to the chief, but he didn't care if I lived or died. I was feeling so weak and miserable. I wondered what I would do if I went blind. I was constantly calling out to God in my heart while humming this hymn of God's words to myself. Do not be discouraged. Do not be weak. And I will make things clear for you. The road to the kingdom is full of bumps and obstacles. Nothing in this world is that simple. You want blessings to come to you easily. Today, everyone will have bitter trials to face. Without them, your love for me will not grow stronger. And you will not truly love me. Even if these trials are minor, everyone must pass through them. 
It's just that their difficulty will vary. Amen. Amen. I knew that it wasn't God's will for me to live within weakness and negativity, but it was to perfect my faith and love for God through hardships and trials, while helping me learn to discern and see the great red dragon's evil so I could hate and reject it deep in my heart. All of my misery vanished once I understood this. Thanks be to God. I was taken to the city detention house in October. There was a cooler climate over there, so my joint pain got even worse, and the headaches were constant. I tried to get medicine, but the guards denied it to me. I was getting worse and worse by the day. And then one day at noon, my head hurt so much that I passed out in my cell. At four, the guards finally got two inmates to drag me into the infirmary for a transfusion. When it was nearly a third done, the two policewomen on duty went to go eat and just took the needle out, sending me straight back to my cell. My headache came back after 9 p.m. that night. The guards had two inmates watch me, but still refused me meds. The next day, I passed out again. They don't care for human life. Yeah. How did you get through being in such a serious condition? I was feeling very weak, thinking about how being tortured had racked me with illness and wondered when it would all end. I wondered if I would die in there. These thoughts made me weak and helpless. I constantly called to God to protect me so I could overcome all of this. Then I remembered a hymn of God's words called Trials Call for Faith. While undergoing trials, it is normal for people to be weak or to have negativity within them or to lack clarity of God's will or not understand their path for practice. This is all normal. But whatever is the case, you need to have faith in God's work and not deny God in any way, just like Job did. Although Job was weak and cursed the day of his own birth, he did not deny that all things in human life were bestowed by Jehovah, and that Jehovah is also the one to take them all away. No matter how he was tested, he maintained this belief. In your experience, whatever your refinement through God's words is, What God requires, in brief, is man's faith and love for him. What he perfects by working in this way is people's faith, love, and aspirations. God does the work of perfection on people, and they cannot see it, cannot feel it. Under such circumstances, your faith is required. People's faith is required when something cannot be seen by the naked eye. And your faith is required when you cannot let go of your own notions. When you do not have clarity about God's work, you need to have faith and to take a firm stance and stand witness. It was when Job reached this point that God appeared to him and spoke to him. That is to say, it is only from within your faith that you can see God. And when you have faith, God will perfect you. Amen. Thinking of this, I saw that God was allowing my health to suffer to perfect my faith. It was a blessing from God. Yes. I thought of when Job 
went through trials and was covered in boils. He suffered a lot. But he sat on the ash heap, scraping his body with pottery shards, never blaming God. He relied on his faith and gave testimony for God. I wanted to be like Job and rely on my faith too. Amen. This breath of mine was given by God. So if he allowed me to die, I'd be willing to submit. As long as I had this breath, I would stand witness and humiliate Satan. Amen. To my surprise, once I was ready to submit, my joint pain and headaches got better slowly. It showed me how real God's love is, that he's always by my side, watching over me. This really reinforced my faith. Thanks be to God. It reminded me of God's words. Faith is like a single log bridge, fearfully cling to life, and you'll fall, but be ready to perish and you'll pass over. Amen. Amen. This is God giving us faith and strength. It is. In December 2013, the Communist Party charged me with using a Xie Zhao to undermine the enforcement of the law and sentenced me to four years. I was sent to a woman's prison in January 2014. I was constantly on edge while in prison. Someone watched me do everything, eating, working, sleeping, even using the bathroom. We were 12 people there and watched each other. And if anyone messed up, everyone was punished. If it was serious, we were in confinement. But the worst part was the heavy manual labor. The guards treated us like money-making machines, making us sew, iron, and package all kinds of clothing. We often had to make hundreds of thousands of outfits, including police and military uniforms. Our work quotas were too much for us to finish. My eyesight was bad at the time, so it was hard to see clearly, and the guards were constantly yelling at me. Two of us had to hang the clothing from six large ironing tables, running back and forth all day, working over 10 hours. I constantly had blisters on my feet that would ooze pus and stick on my socks. No matter how much it would hurt, I had to keep working and I'd be beaten when I couldn't finish. After three months, the guards made me start doing the ironing. So I had to carry a heavy iron and iron clothing over 10 hours a day. And after working late for so long, my health really started declining. I fainted twice while working in the workshop. And when I came to, I had to keep on working. Being in there really made me feel like I had gone down into hell. It was horrible. That's a prison of demons. Yeah. I spent a lot of time thinking about God's words and his love. One passage I thought of was, Have you ever accepted the blessings that you were given? Have you ever sought the promises that were made for you? You will surely, under the guidance of my light, break through the grip of the forces of darkness. You will surely not lose the light guiding you in darkness. You will surely be the master of all creation. You will surely be an overcomer before Satan. You will surely, at the downfall of the kingdom of the great red dragon, stand up amid the myriad throngs to bear witness to my victory. You will surely stand firm and unwavering in the land of Sinem. Through the sufferings you endure, you will inherit my blessings and will surely radiate my glory throughout the entire universe. 
Thanks be to God. Amen. That helped me understand that overcomers are made within trials and tribulations. And no matter the hardships that they go through, they can submit to God and be forever devoted. Having the chance to stand witness for God was his grace and blessing for me. And no matter the weakness and suffering I went through, I had to lean on God to stand witness and overcome Satan. Amen. It was the guidance of God's words that gave me faith and strength. And I was finally able to get through that horrible time in prison. Thanks be to God. God. The day I got out, they took me to the local judicial office, where the deputy secretary said that my husband had been released after 40 days in jail, then arrested again in September 2014, and later sentenced to three and a half years in jail. He told me, Now that you're out, just take care of your kids and forget about God. They've been on their own this whole time because you two are believers and they've had to stay with your brother these last years. I was so annoyed to hear him say this. We were imprisoned and our family was torn apart. Just because the two of us were believers, there was no other reason. The CCP even set us up saying we didn't care about our family because of our faith. They were distorting the truth. Absolutely. When I got home, I saw the courtyard was overgrown with weeds and the tables, chairs, and plates had been randomly thrown into the grass. I went over to pick the table up and it fell apart when I touched it. At the entrance of the living room, when I opened the door, I saw the sofa and cabinets were all upturned. It was such a mess. There was a thick layer of dust on everything and the entire foundation in the kitchen had sunken down nearly an inch. There was even a crack in the wall about the width of a finger. Seeing all of this was really hard for me at the time, and I cried over and over. When I finally saw my son, I asked him how he'd been these last few years. He choked up and said, Mom, people in our village saw me and intentionally asked about you two. I just tried to avoid them. I tried not to go out or see anyone. Lots of my classmates made fun of me and said I was the son of criminals. I didn't want to go to school anymore. When I heard him say this, I had to force back my tears. He was just a child, but faced discrimination by others, even his classmates, just because I'm a believer. I hated the party with everything in me. I hadn't been home for long when a National Security Brigade instructor and a couple of local officials brought two people into my house who started filming the moment they came in without my permission. They turned their footage of my house into a video with voiceovers of nothing but outright lies. They said believers didn't do any work in the fields, that we didn't look after our families, the elderly, or children, and that our child in middle school had to drop out and go making a living, doing odd jobs, trying to get by. Then they took the video and displayed it on the big open-air TVs out in the streets or on the big screen of a car that drive around town 
It was displayed wherever the car went. After being the target of these rumors and slander, now nearly everyone in town got to know that we'd been arrested and imprisoned for believing in Almighty God. My family and friends avoided me and didn't dare to talk to me. The Communist Party took this video and played it at my kid's school too. And the teachers told the students that if any of them saw someone share the gospel with their parents, they should call the police to report them. My daughter came home crying, saying the other kids were making fun of her for being the daughter of convicts. She hid at home crying for a few days and wouldn't go to school. She had always been so cheerful and talkative, really happy and energetic. But now she'd become really withdrawn and never wanted to talk. My son was also really depressed. The Communist Party is so evil and disgusting. It is. Forget adults. They won't even spare children. That wasn't all. They also convened a village meeting under the guise of discussing households in need, saying that since we'd been caught for disrupting the social order because of our faith, we had no way to support our family and needed donations from other villagers. They were using that to spread lies about you guys. That's right. But regular people didn't know that. Some believed it and criticized us for not taking care of our responsibilities. They also used my brother and his wife and those around us to watch me and track me. I couldn't see my brothers and sisters during that time. I couldn't lead a church life or do my duty. It was like house arrest. I was so miserable. And I had a deep hatred for the party. Mm. After that, I read this in God's words. A filthy land for eons. It is horribly dirty. Misery abounds. And ghosts run rampant, spreading deceit, slinging baseless slander, striking cruel blows, trampling this ghost town, leaving it littered with corpses. The stench of decay covers the land and pervades the air, and it is heavily guarded. Who can see the world beyond the skies? The devil tightly trusses all of man's body. It veils both of his eyes and seals his lips firmly shut. The king of devils has rampaged for several thousand years right up until today, when it still keeps a close watch on the ghost town, as if it were an impenetrable palace of demons. This pack of watchdogs, meanwhile, stare with glaring eyes, deeply fearful that God will catch them unawares and wipe them all out, taking their place of peace. How could the people of a ghost town such as this have seen God? Have they enjoyed God's dearness and loveliness? What do they know of human affairs? Who of them can understand God's eager will? No wonder that God incarnate remains completely hidden. In a dark society such as this, where the demons are merciless and inhumane, how could the devil's king who kills people without blinking an eye tolerate the existence of a God who is lovely, kind, and holy? How could it applaud and cheer the arrival of God? This gang of lackeys, repaying kindness with hate, they have long disdained God. They abuse God, are brutal to an extreme, and show no regard for God. They plunder and pillage, having lost innate goodness, deaf to their conscience. And they tempt the innocent into senselessness. Forefathers of the ancient, 
beloved leaders, they all oppose God. They've left all beneath heaven in a state of darkness and chaos. Freedom of religious beliefs, the legal rights and interests of citizens, they are all tricks for covering up sin. Amen. It was through this oppression that I truly saw that the party is just the devil that hates God and harms people. I came to utterly despise it and truly break with it. Amen. And at the same time, I came to see God's love. When I was being abused and tortured by Satan, it was God's words giving me faith and strength, guiding me through it step by step. Thank Thank God. I also experienced the power and authority of God's words, and my faith in him grew. Gaining all of this was nothing but God's love and his blessing. Thanks be to God. Thanks Thanks be be to to God. God. I have more faith now.
it was so hard for me to see him suffer once i could not control my emotions josh was a very busy child he was very energetic i think one of the lessons from josh's life is that yes it is possible for young people to be whole his suffering his sickness and his relationship with the lord in the suffering made him a saint he always told me i will be healed by my birthday I never heard of any god who love or forgive your sins. So in our hands this life of time. And I met Jesus, a god who loves and who forgives. I grew closer and closer to God and he helped me in many ways. So this was the first time I was so excited. and it was a fabulous experience for me I came to know Jesus when I was 18 I joined my friends for the prayers of Christian faith After my studies I went back to my normal life and I wanted to marry a man who believes in Jesus but it was impossible for my Hindu family to find a christian man for me i got married to a devoted hindu man and i drifted from the faith of jesus to the hindu faith in 2007 we moved to australia i started to pray to jesus again i started going back to church praying the rosary and so we didn't know anything about it but he had no other choice because there was no place of worship of his faith so he joined me and my catholic friends for prayers and that's how he started his faith and now he is more stronger in faith than me i started praying to jesus and uh, i was growing closer to jesus and i gave up my hindu faith the day before Josh was born we conducted a 24 hour prayer in our house and that finished around 10:30 in the morning and my friends all went went back and i started getting pain and within one and a half hours time Josh was born um in the hospital we didn't know what to call him actually we um we knew that um it was a boy before his birth so i had this in my mind like to give him a name i wanted to call him joshua but i was not um there enough to ask subi if i could call that name so i didn't say anything and then he asked me what shall we call him I suggested him okay let's call one of our friends who is now he um Joshua's godparents 
just we just called them and asked them because they were there where the family helped us to grow spiritually um during that time they went for prayer and they came out with one name Joshua and then when they told me that i could not believe that i felt that like a miracle so we didn't have anything to think about it we just called him Joshua we were hindu at that time and he got accustomed Joshua was a very busy child he was very energetic so then everyone started to saying to us like Joshua is a special child because he received that much prayer when he was in my womb he always had a, at least a rosary on his neck always and some da- some days he wanted to put three rosaries i had to tell him like one rosary is enough especially when he goes to school but he was adamant that i want three rosaries so i had to let him go to school with the three rosaries i always put the rosaries inside his shirt to hide it but when i go and pick him up he is coming with three rosaries dangling across his chest he was very happy he was not ashamed of having rosaries on him he was he was a the little one of our mother mary we got baptized in the catholic church in 2016 and josh was so excited to get baptized and josh didn't even know that he was going to receive communion there we told him like you know only we get communion because we get we do the sacrament of reconciliation as well but he was not um old enough to do that but when he got baptized the bishop gave him the first holy communion at at that point and he was so excited to receive the holy communion even though he had to wait for another couple of years to receive the first holy communion one day he came home saying he has pain back pain and we thought it is just a normal kid thing we didn't know that he was saying it for for a reason after after a week or so we felt like oh, this is something serious he's having the pain for longer than usual and then we took him into hospital and plated the scans and biopsy and everything and in 2018 15th of march we came to know that he was diagnosed with cancer it was very hard for me to be there at the hospital so i called to be immediately i told him josh has got cancer we need to go to the 24 hour adoration chapel in glendalough when we got there my friend and subi they cried more than i cried and i told them both this is for the glory of god we need to trust in god 
whatever happens we need to glorify god and we returned after a couple of hours and then my friend told me okay we need to give him the holy communion we need to give him jesus that's what she said we spoke with our parish priest and he was more than happy to do that and in two days time josh received the sacrament of reconciliation the next day he he had the first holy communion and we were so happy to prepare him for that and we were so happy to attend that event very special he was always he always felt special to me and like a different way i guess it's like very hard to explain it but yeah i remember very well that day i think i was in my room and i was studying and mom told me yeah Joshua's cancer like it was never something i imagined would happen to him we didn't tell him about his diagnosis initially we told him he has got some bone issue and then slowly he was he was aware of his diagnosis at some point he asked us why we were hiding the diagnosis from him and then he said you didn't have to hide that from me god is with us so why do you have to hide it he will take care of everything that's what that was his response so he knew that he was going to have difficult times in the future with this treatment the chemotherapy started on the first friday of 2018 and then his side effects were even worse and he asked me how long i have to suffer like this i did not have an answer to give him and i prayed to god and i said to god god give me an answer and i opened the bible and i got this bible verse saying until jesus forms within you i have to go through this pain i told him this is what god says and i explained to him what it means and then he said okay he never asked that question again because he knew that when jesus forms within us his suffering will end. Josh always believed God was going to heal him and he had that faith. He had very strong faith. He did not even let us say anything against it. If someone says this is going to happen and he says no. I don't agree with that. God is going to heal me. That was his belief. and he was keen to go to the holy communion every single day when or whenever he could when he was sick when he was in hospital he always asked for the holy communion so father thomas used to come to hospital and give him communion even if it's in the middle of the night I still remember Father Thomas coming around 12 o'clock at night to give him the Holy Communion because George eagerly waited for the Holy Communion. 
the amazing thing that i found in joshua is his love for the eucharist so he wanted communion daily because i minister in the hospital so even even if i didn't go to hospital on duty still he wanted communion that made me to go out of my way out of my hospital schedule and take communion because it had such an amazing impact in everyone's life his love for jesus jesus in the eucharist his yearning to receive him and he made himself ready every day every day and i could see the sparkling in his eyes the bright smile on his lips and indeed the joy of receiving him and i'm very sure that made him stronger even his body was failing that is an amazing thing about that young young boy he wanted to be with jesus every day I was amazed by Joshua in hospital when I visited him. I remember very distinctly I said a prayer for him and then I asked him would he say a prayer and his prayer was much better than mine. Really, I mean that. It was very very beautiful. I got very very sort of moved by his prayerfulness and uh, that was something I remember very distinctly. That's what I remember from Josh in hospital. he was growing more closer to god by reading the bible and he always prayed with us the, um, during our family prayer he prayed rosary and he knew that god is with him he was always joyful even though he was going through this um chemotherapy and its side effects he knew that this sickness is a time for his purification and he wanted to, he wanted to be a pure soul treatment finished the last year in May in 2021 because there was no other treatment available for him he was so happy that he didn't have to go through this chemotherapy again but within a month one of his tumors caused a big issue it squeezed one of his nerves and he could not move his leg when he going through big sufferings i can't see his sufferings i'm so weak so sometimes i will start to cry so he will comfort me that don't worry god will heal me god will with us god will look after us so you don't worry and then after a month he got paralyzed completely he could move his arms but he could not move any of his lower back lower body so he got paralyzed in end of july and from that time onwards we could 
see a sudden shift from a childish Josh to a matured, a spiritually matured person. One of the things that is most remarkable about Josh, I think, is the way in which the struggle that he had, the suffering that he went through, didn't really turn him in on himself, but seemed to turn him out to others. He was very focused on praying for other people, both those who were his friends, those who were part of his life, but he also had a strong sense of those who've already died we would say in purgatory, the souls in purgatory, and of, he had a strong faith that his prayer could assist them. I think he's an example of something very precious about our faith, which is that it's not meant to be just a private relationship between me and the Lord, but it's meant to be something that opens us up to the rest of God's people. It was interesting uh, that a week or two after Josh had died, his dad was speaking to me and his mum on another occasion. And they were saying that at the end of the day sometimes, when he'd had a bit of a tough day and he was quite exhausted, he would say to his dad, I'm really tired, so I've told St Dominic Savio who I was going to pray for and he's going to pray for them instead while I have a rest. That's great faith. And, um, you know, but the, the really important thing about it was that suffering didn't, didn't make him bitter, didn't turn him in on himself somehow. It opened him up which was a beautiful thing. Um, the Word of God reminds us, when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you get stronger. You get the strength from the Holy Spirit. We could see that in Joshua's life. Even though Josh was receiving Holy Communion almost every day, he had this strong desire, a thirst to, to attend a Holy Mass. But it was very hard for us to take him out of this house because he was paralyzed. So we didn't know what to do. We told about his wish to the Dean of the Cathedral, Father Sean. Father Sean very happily came to our place and celebrated a Holy Mass just for him. Hearing this news, our Archbishop Timothy Costello also very happy to come and celebrate a Mass for him. He said he would celebrate the Mass on his birthday. So that would be his birthday gift from the Archbishop. prepared everything, the house, and we invited a couple of friends to come and join us for the Mass, the, the birthday Mass for Josh. But that night, Josh got really ill. And around 3 o'clock in the morning, he called me and he told me he was going. He said, Mom, I am dying. And I knew that 
that's a message from God. That it is his time to go. So I called Subi and my other son Amal to come and stay with Josh. In an hour time he started gasping and then he passed around five o'clock in the morning. We immediately informed all of our friends and everyone in this cathedral house. Farashon, Monsignor, Michael Keating and the Archbishop came and prayed for the soul of Joshua. I think the faith of any family is absolutely important. I was very fortunate to be the first priest to see Josh just after he died. I was, I was phoned here and so I went down to the unit and he was very peaceful and very beautiful. It was a lovely experience that I'll treasure all my life. Josh was a gift from God. He was not mine, he was not ours. He was Jesus' child. And it was a privilege for us to keep him for 13 years. And we enjoyed his company. And we loved him. Anyone who came to know about him, everyone loved him. And the funeral, it is a celebration of his birthday in heaven. When I'm celebrating my child's birthday, especially in heaven, I should be happy, I should be well-dressed, I should be celebrating it. That's why I was so happy there. And also, I was thinking about my human nature. I was thinking how I would react when I see his body again. So when we opened the coffin at the funeral, I wasn't sure what I was going to do. And I told Josh, Joshy, I need to do the eulogy for you in a few minutes' time. Don't make mommy cry. And then the word of God came to me, which Josh always used. Whenever I said, I'm too tired, I have pain, any, any such thing, he told me. You can do anything through Christ who strengthens you. So I repeated that word of God in front of him, looking at his face, his holy face. I said, I can do anything through Christ who strengthens me. And that gave me a courage. I have been a priest for 60 years this year, at the end of this year. And I have never met a young man like Josh. 
who showed such, as it were, spiritual maturity, uh, love of Jesus. But of course, he is tremendously helped by amazing parents. They are all people of great faith, and that's most unusual to find. Being melted in fire, their faith being tested in fire, they came out victorious because they had such a deep faith, deep faith in the Lord. When we had the funeral for Josh, I was very struck by something that Jaya Saria said. She talked about the fact that so many people had been praying for Josh, asking for the miracle of healing for Josh. And both she and Subi had both said to me that about a week, more or less, before he died, he'd said to them, perhaps God will heal me on my birthday. And of course, he died on his birthday. She said, so perhaps Josh thought perhaps God would heal him on his birthday, and he did. That's a remarkable statement of faith because God didn't answer the prayer in the way that they had hoped, but they could still see that God had healed Josh in the most magnificent way by taking him to heaven. So it was a, a in the best sense of the word, it was a, a holy death. When Jayasri was explaining you know, and giving her a eulogy, I had this image come to me of um, you know, Jesus holding on to Josh's hand. Even though I had never seen him before in, in real life, I knew that it was Josh. You know, during the entire funeral, I couldn't get that image out of my head. I kept feeling like I had to you know, go to my computer and I had to draw this image. Um, Joshua's life, even though short, has had the ability to bless a lot of people um, and you can see God's work and God's healing power throughout his life. Joshua's a saint. Josh is a saint. I don't think I would pray for Joshua. For Josh, I would pray to him. Certainly in the history of the Catholic Church, we have a long history of great holiness in young people. Uh, Josh was certainly walking that path. He was molded into sainthood. His suffering, his sickness, and his relationship with the Lord in the suffering made him a saint. You don't in your life meet extraordinary people very often. I've met five popes, at least three of whom are now declared saints. I've met Padre Pio, went to his Mass, received communion from him, Mother Teresa, a lot of people in my life. But I have never met a child like Josh. And I would pray to him and ask him to help me in my priesthood. I think one of the lessons from Josh's life is that, yes, it is possible for young people to be holy. So if I was Pope, I'd canonise him tomorrow. He loved his Lord more than he loved me. And I believed, yes, he's in heaven, he's happy. If he is happy, why should I be sad?
book of Habakkuk chapter number 2. It's our custom to stand for the reading of God's word. The book of Habakkuk chapter number I am on assignment this morning, and the Lord has given me uh, specific instructions to preach this word to you. Um, I believe it, will, it should impact everybody, but it might impact some people more than others. Sometimes when a prophetic word is spoken, literally what is happening is your spirit has been waiting all of eternity to hear one word and when you hear that word it makes sense of everything that has happened in your entire life okay I will <laughs> sometimes when you hear a prophetic word your spirit has literally been waiting all of eternity to hear one word that makes sense of your entire life. And it's not going to be based on circumstance or situation that makes you believe that God has purpose for your life, but it is by that one word that makes everything that you've been going through palatable. I can handle this now because I understand why. It makes sense now. There's going to be two uh, type of people in here uh, in the next hour. And both of these individuals are going to give an offering. I'm not going to raise an offering at the end of service or anything like that. But if this prophetic word hits you, there's going to be two people. The, the first set of individuals are going to be the ones that Feel that word hit your spirit, and you're going to sow financially into it. The, 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 the denomination doesn't matter. It's the response based to the word. It's number one. Number two, the second set of individuals are going to sow their lives. So think it not strange if you start seeing people come down here and give offering envelopes and just lay it at the altar because they would have literally grabbed that word for their heart and just sow the seed in response to that word, they're going to lay an offering envelope at the altar. That's the first set of people. The second set of people are going to be the offering envelope. And they're going to finally say, no more, no mas, I can't do it anymore. It's time for me to give my life to Christ for real. Back at chapter number two, when you have it, say amen. Now, if you and Hosea or Haggai and you just gave up, I'll give you E for effort. Give me a little more sound on the mic, and I think I'll be great. I will stand watch, set myself on the rampart, and see 
Watch to see what he will say to me, what I will answer when I am corrected. Habakkuk has been in a conversation with God because he does not understand how is it that the righteous can be prospering. I mean, how the righteous cannot be prospering and the wicked seems to be continuing to prosper. It, it's confusing even to prophets. So you are not alone. He wants answers. Why are people that are sinning living good? How come the righteous are living bad? I want answers. So he says, I will stand my watch and set myself on the rampart and, and watch to see what he will say to me and what I will answer when I am corrected. Then the Lord answered me and said, write the vision and make it plain on tablets that he may run who reads it. For the vision is yet for an appointed time, but at the end. Not in the middle. Not three quarters. Not when you see the finish line. But at the end. It will speak and it will not lie. Though it tarries, wait for it. Because it will surely come to pass, it will not tarry. Huh? Though it tarries, wait for it. Because it will surely come to pass, it will not tarry. So is it going to tarry or if it's not? Why are you? Why? Why, God, must you always? You can't make nothing simple. You answer a question with a question. You speak in riddle. And we stress out because we don't know what you're talking about. Behold the proud. His soul is not upright in him, but the just shall live by his faith. I want you to pay close attention to the third verse. For the vision is yet for an appointed time, but at the end it will speak and it will not lie, though it tarries, wait for it, because it will surely come to pass, it will not tarry. It's my assignment to preach from the subject this morning. Stop tripping, it's coming. Stop tripping it's coming bow your heads let's pray God help us to stop tripping amen you may be seated in the presence of the Lord The just shall live by his faith. We understand faith based on what was written about faith. We know that faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. We understand that 
there's no way that you can get faith without hearing about it. In the book of Romans, it tells us that faith come by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So then, we have faith when we hear the word of God tell us to. We do not have faith before that. We have faith for something because the Lord has literally put it in our spirit. And once it gets locked in our spirit, somehow there is no situational scenario. There is no circumstance. There is no issue that we can go through in life that can make us separate from the word that's already been stuck to our spirit. If we would have never heard it, Pastor Faison, that would have been one thing. If God would have never spoke anything into our lives, we could just kind of live life with no expectation. But it's when your spirit won't let you rest with the situation that you're in because God has divinely spoken to you and told you it's going to be better than this. If you'd have never heard it, maybe, maybe you would have thought, I hope it gets better, but there would have been no expectation for it. But then when God says, your life in the end will not be like it was in the beginning, it just complicates everything. Because I wasn't even thinking about nothing else, and then this word hit my spirit, and now all I can think about is when, how, when is it going to happen, when is the breakthrough coming, when would the deliverance be here? If I'd have never heard it, I wouldn't be looking out the door every day. If I wouldn't be looking in the mailbox all the time, I wouldn't be peeking around the corner searching for what it is that I believe that I heard in my spirit. If he wouldn't have said nothing to me, I wouldn't have bothered him, but now I see myself on my knees laboring and crying out before the Lord, heaving and groaning in my spirit saying, when? Why? How? How could you get me to a place of victory in the spirit when everything in my physical realm says absolutely the opposite of what I hear in my head? How's that happen? How do we get to this point where we want to be faithful? We want to believe what he said but the longer it takes to get what he said, uh, our patience seems to wane. Culture is partly to blame. We have everything that we could want in this culture right now. We don't have to wait for nothing anymore. We just celebrated the, the uh, culmination of of many years of hard work for seniors in high school and those that have just graduated college, whether it was for their bachelors or their masters or even their doctorates. But the truth of the matter is our culture now is celebrating children at every stage. So there's a graduation for preschool. Then you graduate from kindergarten. Then you graduate from first grade. Then you graduate from second grade. 
then you graduate from third grade, then you graduate from fourth grade. And so no one has uh, the wonderful ability of delayed gratification. Because we reward you for something that you're not even done with yet. I'm not buying you a present because you graduated kindergarten. You're supposed to graduate kindergarten. If you fail kindergarten, you need a helmet and some help. I don't know what to get little Johnny. He's graduating. You're like, oh, my God, you know, probably an expensive watch or or, or a nice uh, Mont Blanc pen. I mean, man, if he's got through all of those years, no, 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 just just kindergarten. Well, get that joker some crayons and tell him to move on. He, he got a lot of more work to do. He is nowhere close to getting where he's supposed to be. And so we have, we have celebrated each matriculation uh, when we should just be saying that's what you were supposed to do. That's your reasonable service. Holler at me in sixth grade when you go to seventh. Maybe I'll buy you a little something. Holler at me... Maybe when, when you graduate high school, you, perchance you get through college, then we'll really have something to talk about. But right now, you ain't done nothing yet. Tell somebody say, you haven't done nothing yet. Yeah, yeah. We suffer six months and think we've done something. We want to enter into our inheritance right now because we believe that we have already got it. It is already done. We, are, we have already accomplished what it is that God has wanted to do in six months. You haven't done nothing. But we live in a generation that wants everything now, and when we can't have it now, we throw tantrums. And you have never seen a tantrum like an adult tantrum. My son is 10 months old, and he throws a tantrum, and it's justified. He's 10 months. I can't even pop him yet, so I just flinch at him. But he's 10 months old, so there's not really a big deal. When you're 35, throwing a tantrum, it's not a good look. I don't understand why I'm happy. Why? Why? And we don't throw them in public. No, 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 we're too civilized for that. We get home, close the door. And we call it prayer. I was laying before my face for about an hour and a half, girl. I was just in prayer. No, no, no. You weren't in prayer. You were throwing a tantrum. And God is looking over the balcony of heaven saying, for real? Really? Why, God? I don't understand, God. And I sold my seed, God. And I, I did what you were supposed to do. And I went on a fast, God. And I did it. And I've been suffering, God. And it's been three months. And you still haven't moved. And I'm going to die. The ministering angels have stopped mid-flight like, oh, I don't want to go help that person until get them some Kleenex and a diaper. <laughs> if you're 35, you need some depends, but it depends. What's the real problem? The real problem is we don't want to wait for nothing. And when God speaks something to our spirit, we have to have the ability to wait for the answer. Patiently waiting for the answer. 
In my text, uh, uh, Habakkuk is a prophet, and he cannot figure out, even with his prophetic mantle, why the wicked are prospering. I do not understand how the Babylonians, the Chaldeans, can continue to prosper uh, this long, and, and, and we are suffering uh, for your namesake, and we are, we, are, we are still sacrificing. We're doing everything that we're supposed to do, and they're still prospering even though they're wicked and hedonistic and they're, and, and they're in the midst of depravity and, and, and decadence and they're still prospering, but I don't have nothing. This is, this is the prayer of a saint that is, that, that, that is tired of waiting. I want to know what's after this. And so uh, uh, God starts having a conversation with Habakkuk, and after he gets his first answer, after Habakkuk gets his first answer from God, then he goes back and asks him another question, okay? You answered that one, now I have another one for you. And he asks the second question. And when he asks the second question, he understands at this point now that, that he has to wait for the answer. So the Word of God says that he goes into a high place. He goes into the watchtower to wait on the answer. When you've been waiting on an answer from the Lord that he's spoken to your spirit, you must go to a high place. You cannot be low where common people are, where they are putting uh, seeds of doubt in your head and in your ears, trying to tell you that the promise that you heard in your spirit will not come to pass. Stay with me right here. You cannot be around the type of people and the individuals that are speaking into your spirit negative thoughts and making you second guess what you know you heard in your spirit. You have to go to a high place. No matter what it takes, if you got to separate from friends, if you got to separate from family, if you have to isolate yourself. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Some of you all, God has put into a season of isolation to get you away from familiar voices because you're so used to hearing their voice, you don't recognize God's anymore. And God is saying, I need you to get to a high place. I need you to go so high that you don't hear nobody but me. Get every filthy imagination out of your spirit. Get your old way of thinking out of your spirit. Get your old denomination out of your spirit. Get traditionalism out of your spirit. God about to do a new thing, and if you're going to get the answer, the answer is not down here, it's up there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Test three people and say the answer's not down here. 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 I got to go higher. I got to go higher. Even though I don't feel like going higher, I got to go higher. Even though I don't, even though I feel like laying down and dying, something in my spirit won't let me rest. I can't get no sleep. I can't get comfortable. I'm trying to go around my old friends and we can't even jive right. I get to the family reunion and I'm literally the black sheep of the family. Nobody understands me. They're saying one thing and I'm saying another. They're talking about one thing and I'm talking about another. They're talking about the past and I'm talking about my future. I got to get to a high place. I can't stay here no more. I can't live here no more. I got to change my address. Get up. Get, 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 get. If the elevator's broke, baby, take the stairs and get up to where God has called you to be. (laughs) 
I gotta go higher, I gotta go higher, I can't stay here. If I, if I stay here, it's gonna be a hot mess. If I, if I stay here, I will never be in the will of God. If I, if I stay here, thank you Holy Spirit, not just here physically, here mentally, here emotionally, here spiritually, I can't stay here no more. I can't let the enemy continue to bombard me with thoughts of what I did five years ago. I got to get up out of here. I gotta get my psychological mind out of here. I gotta get my spiritual mind out of here. I gotta get my emotional mind out of here. I got to break this soul tie and get out of here. I ain't been in the arms of a man in five years and I'm still thinking about him. The devil is a lie. I got to get up out. <laughs> got to get out of here now. If I stay here, I'm going to die. I'm going to die if I stay here. And so the prophet says, I'm, I got to get up. If I don't get up, it's going to be a problem. If I don't get up, this, the solution's not going to make sense. If I don't get up, I'm going to continue to grow older without ever going forward because I spend too much time living and wallowing in my past. I got to get up and go to the high place. I can't hear God correctly, and it's starting to get me confused. And for the last two years, I've been noticing I'm walking around in a circle, and everybody else is getting blessed but me. And the only difference between me and them is my position. They're up, I'm down. I'm going up that ladder. I do not care. If I got to tie a rope with a grappling hook and pull myself up, no matter how I get there, I got to go When you go high, expect to be alone. We throw in tantrums as children of God. And, and God, I'm alone, and you don't send me nobody. I'm alone. And you, you, don't, you don't have time to be around nobody right now. You're waiting on an answer. Oh, God. See, people, people that know that know the position in life right now and know why God has them in this season knows that they're waiting on an answer. I've been waiting my whole life for an answer. I've been waiting my whole life for an answer to this situation. I need to know why I went through that as a child. I need an answer. I need to know why I grew up without a father. I need an answer. I don't have time to mess with you. I don't have time to try to replace the father figure that I did not have. I need an answer. I don't need you. I need an answer. I don't need your relationship. I need an answer. I need an answer. When I get my answer, I can get a relationship. When I get my answer, I can hold the job. When I get my answer, I will have self-esteem. When I get my answer, I will be okay. But I cannot I'd be okay without an answer. Question mark surrounding the prophet's head, and he says, I can't, I can't take it anymore. I'll go up and I'm gonna wait on my answer. It goes up, it goes up, it goes up. He says, I gotta get my answer. I gotta get my answer. I gotta get higher than this. It's still too low. I gotta get up. 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 I can't. I gotta get my answers. There's nobody up here with me. I'm all alone. I got people yelling at me down there that I've been up here too long waiting. They're trying to make me come down before I get my answer. 
The devils are distracting me. Demons of hell are distracting me, telling me that you don't need an answer. Just come back into my arms. You don't need an answer. Just come back to this addiction. You don't need an answer. Just go back into low self-worth. You don't need an answer. Just go back into depression. But that devil is a lie. I'm going to stay up here until God does for me what he said he was going to do. If he didn't say it, I wouldn't be believing for it. But since he said it, I got to have it. I got to have it. I got to have it. I said, I got to have it. I got, I got, I got to have it. Yeah, 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 yeah. This is exactly what I saw in my spirit. This is exactly what I saw in my spirit. This is exactly what I saw in my spirit. I got to have it. And so he's up and he's waiting on his answer. Lord, the Lord comes down when he gets up. I said, the Lord comes down when he gets up. He said, you sacrificed all of that to get up here? That's the highest you can go. Let me make up the difference. I know that's as far as you can reach up to me, baby. So now the rest of the way, I'm coming right down to you. I, I will be Emmanuel. I'm coming right down. I'm coming right down into the midst of your situation. I know you got as far as you could and just put up your hands and said, pick me up, daddy. I'm coming right down into that situation to come get you. I'm going to lift you up and take you where you need to be. I'm coming down because you came up. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? God comes down with his answer. This is what he says. He says, I need you to write down on tablets what I spoke into your spirit. The word that I place in your spirit, you will not be able to run with it until you write it down. Stay with me, because I know you've heard this message before, but I don't know if you heard it correctly. Here's why you have to write it down. It must be written down because it is in writing it down that you recognize, first of all, what he said, how he said it, to a T. If you do not write it down, when the enemy tries to come in and distract you, you will twist up what he said. You will start making up stuff and justifying situations that are beneath his standard to try to fit what he told you. But if you can write it down, you can go back to it and look at it verbatim and say, no, you ain't it. Oh, God, I wish I had a witness in here. <laughs> God is not the author of confusion. It's just that you haven't wrote down what he told you in the first place. I know you believe in God for a husband. You believe in God for a wife. Write it down. Make it plain. That way when knucklehead come, you can pull out the tablet and be like, no, you ain't it. My bad. I thought you were somebody else. My bad. My bad. My bad. Right back. My, my, I thought you were somebody else. No, no, no. Write down the business plan. Write down how he told you to run the business. That way you won't get in with a crooked partner that tries to make you go in a direction that is in the opposite direction of what God told you to do. Write it down and make it plain. Write it down and make it plain. Write it down and make it plain so that he that reads it can run with what they read. 
I don't have time. Oh, God, I'm a whole sheep. I don't have time uh, to get it wrong again. You got to be over 30 to get that. I don't have time to get it over. I can't, I can't break up with you again. I can't go through this again. I can't get fired again. I, I got to get this right. I'm losing some time. I'm in my 40s. I'm in my 50s now. I'm, I'm all the way in my 60s. I can't burn my retirement check on a maybe. I need to know if it lines up with the purpose and plan for my life. I'm not going to spend the last 20 years of my life in hell and torment. I went through that the first 60. These last 20 are going to be better than the first 60 because my ladder shall be great. Than my Yeah, 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 yeah. When you get it down on paper, anybody that comes to your life, you, before you give them permission to walk with you, you say, read this. <laughs> before you get in that next relationship, write down what he told you in your spirit and say, read this. If you agree to the terms and conditions of what I have written on this tablet, you are in. If not... See ya. Wouldn't want to be ya. I ain't got time to fool with you. I don't want you in my life. We cannot be best friends. I will reject you on Facebook. You can't get in nowhere. Cyberspace, any space, my space, your space, no space. Can't get in. Read it and weep. Yes, sir. Read it and weep. If you don't like this, step off. Go to somebody else. But I cannot fool with you. I'm going somewhere. Yes, sir. Write the vision. Thank you. Make it plain. Make it plain. Write the vision. Yes, sir. And make it plain. I got to say it again. Write the vision mm-hmm. and make it plain. Don't go off of what you heard. When All you right. heard it, lock it in, but then write it down. Mm-hmm. Write it down so they that run can read it. Mm-hmm. But in those moments of isolation, when the enemy's trying to make you doubt that what you heard wasn't the truth, you have to have it written down so you can refer to it before depression creeps in. Mm-hmm. You have to write it down so you can refer to it before the enemy tries to come in and steal from you what you know God gave in your spirit. Mm-hmm. When you ain't got no money, you need to read what he told you. When nobody is your friend, you need to read what he told you. When you get laid off from your job, you need to read what he told you. Preachers, when you have a gift to preach and ain't nobody calling you to preach, you better read what he told you. Whatever he gave you in your spirit, write it down so you can refer to it in times of trouble because the enemy would love nothing more than to snatch his word out of your spirit. But your spirit has caught something in the eternal that everything in the natural realm is trying to catch up to. God, I feel his presence in here. This is ridiculous. Good God, this is ridiculous. 
This is ridiculous. Somebody just shout out, I'm going to write it. I'm going to write it. I'm going to write it. Write it down. Make it plain. So that they that hear it can run with it. That's all good and dandy. He continues in his discourse with Habakkuk. And this is what he says. He wrote the video. Y'all sit down. Why y'all stand up? We just talk. That's what he says. Write the vision and make it plain so they that hear it can run with it. They that read it can run with it. But here's what you got to understand, Habakkuk. Here's what you got to understand, Potter's House. The vision is yet for an appointed time. What I've spoken to your spirit is going to come to pass. But it's not going to come to pass based on your present circumstance. My vision does not respond to your misfortune. My vision does not respond to your negative plight. I don't speed up my vision because you lost your job. I don't speed up my vision because your marriage is in trouble. I don't speed up my my vision because your situation has now changed in this season. It's still going to come to pass, but not when you're ready for it. Everybody, look at your watch if you got on the watch. Look at your watch. Now, everybody in here, I bet you, is 5 to 15 minutes off. My, my watch says 9.33. Every watch in here, you got 9.35. Some, some people try to psychologically trick themselves out. So theirs is already at 10 because you late everywhere, so you got to have a 30-minute buffer. And then you still don't wind up adhering to it because you know it's 30 minutes ahead. So you'd be like, I got time, I got time, I got time. <laughs> and so nobody's watching here is the same. So nobody in here could tell me when God was coming. We don't even have the same, we, we're not even synced in here on time. So how are you going to be synced in time when he's in eternity. And what God is literally saying is, the vision is not on your clock. It's on my clock. Well, God, I'm losing everything. Money, resources, relationships. If you progress... High enough hair? Teeth? Yeah. Yes, sir. Vision? Mm-hmm. Control? Come on. I'm losing it, Lord. You, you think you are. But it's on my time. Mm. 
And when my time comes, it won't lie. I have divinely set the clock for the promise that I put in your spirit before your circumstance could catch up to it. Oh, God, I got to say this. The reason why the Lord put that thing in your spirit is so you wouldn't die until you see it. Oh, God, I I know I felt something right there. I felt something right there. You would have gave up a long time ago if it had not been for that thing that he put on the inside of you. And on your very worst day, when you wanted to swallow all them pills and take your revolver and blow your brains out, something on the inside of you stopped you and said, no, 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 not yet. Let's just wait one more week. Mm-hmm. And one more week turned into one more month. And one more month turned into one more year. And something on the inside of you says, I can't die until I see the thing that I heard on the inside of my spirit. Come hell or high water, I won't give up until I get what God has for me. It may not be here now. I know he told me in 1994, but it must be just accruing interest. He wouldn't let me wait this long if it wasn't going to be better when he gave it to me. God, I thank you that you didn't give it to me now. If you would have gave it to me now, I would have messed it up because my character wasn't ready. If you would have gave it to me now, I would have messed it up because my integrity wasn't ready. If you would have gave it to me then, my marriage wasn't ready. If you would have gave it to me then, I still didn't know how to handle a credit card. But now, God... Now I've been broken. Now I'm limping. Now I can finally handle what it is you have for me, and so I'm not going to trip... You be sinking in depression. Tired of waiting, Lord. I can't wait no more. I can't wait. I can't handle it no more, Jesus. It's over. Uh, you're not coming. 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 Hold on. Let me get my tablet. I ran. No, you ain't gonna do that. You ain't gonna. You ain't gonna do that. I have seven dollars in the bank. I went to the ATM and it told me no. I didn't ask for a 20, I asked for a 10. And my ATM said, I still can't help you. You only got $7 in there. (laughs) And somewhere in the middle of depression and darkness looming in. Dim the lights, dim the lights, dim the lights. Darkness starts setting in. Come on, help me preach, dim them. Darkness starts coming. It starts getting dark. And you stop believing. And what he said he was going to do is going to happen because it's getting dark. Come on, darker, dark. Help me preach. It's going to mess up TV for three minutes, but I need my sermon to be right. Come on, help me. Dark, dark, dark. There we go, dark. It's getting dark. I said dark. 
I said it's getting dark. It's so dark. It's so dark that I can't even recognize who I am anymore. I just see a silhouette. I feel like I'm just a shadow of myself. I can't see nothing. Darkness is all around me. I'm depressed. I feel like the world is caving in on me. I'm sitting here with this stupid tablet, and it's so dark I can't even read it no more. I ain't got near one flashlight. My cell phone battery went dead, and I'm just sitting in the dark with a promise. I'm sitting in the dark with a word, and I don't know how it's going to get better. I don't know how it's going to light up. I don't know when I'm going to see the breaking of day, but, but just about the time that I feel like I'm going to give up, just about the time that I feel like I'm going to die, just about the time that I feel like it all hell is going to break loose without even... With, with no help from me, with, with, with no assistance from me, with, with no way to pay the electric bill, I, I see the lights start coming on, and I don't know how the lights are coming on, but I'm starting to see my way clear. I'm starting to see God move in a supernatural way. I'm starting to see him do breakthroughs in my life. I'm getting a better anointing. I'm getting more strength. I'm getting more power. I'm getting more anointing. The devil can't stop me now. The devil can't defeat me now. Every lie that he told me is starting to break off my life. Generational curses are moving. Generational hexes are moving. Every witch that cursed me. Every negative word that was spoken into my spirit. The devil can't hold me no more. And I start seeing the light of day. In the end, it shall speak and not lie. What you told me wasn't a lie. What you told me wasn't a lie. You ain't, you're not playing tricks with me. You're not messing with my emotions. What you told me is the truth. And so I believe what you told me. I believe what you told me. Even though I was abused, I believe what you told me. Bad business deal, but I believe what you told me. Everything going wrong, but I believe what you told me. And it's coming. I said it's coming. Hey! I said it's coming. I said it's coming. That's the reason why I had to wait so long. Because it's coming. Last thing and I'm going to close. He says something that used to frustrate me in the text, Myron. Literally, it made me mad. Because I can get mad at him. Because it's just us talking. He always playing word games. Do it, Terry. Wait for me. This is really going to pass you when I tarry. 
Though it tarry, wait for it. Because it's surely going to come to pass. It won't tarry. Really? Really? I'm supposed to get happy about that? Yes. Give me a chair. Sit in it. He's holding my blessing. And he, don't, don't take it up yet because they might not be finished. He's holding my blessing. And he was placed here before Jesus said, in the, before God said, in the beginning. He put my blessing right here. Set it up. In 2009, set the whole thing up and then walked all the way out of time. And said, let there be light. 6,000 years after he placed it there, somewhere in the 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, you was born. And the vision been waiting there the whole time. You got to understand the wordplay. If you look up this word, preachers, in the Hebrew, that word Terry is there twice, but it's two different meanings. Says, though the vision tarry, wait for it. It will surely come to pass. It will not tarry. He's saying, though the vision tarry, wait for it. He said, though it remains in one place. Come on, I need your mind right here. Though it remains in one place, wait for it. That second word, tarry, means delay or reluctancy. Let's put it in context. Though the vision remains in one place, it will surely come to pass, there will not be a delay. God, I wish somebody could catch this in the spirit. Though the vision remains in one place, it's been in one place all of eternity. But wait for it, because it's surely going to come to pass, it will not delay. Well, God, how am I supposed to wait? Because if I stand here and it's over there, how are we ever going to meet? Don't worry about it. I've been moving you in this direction. Since you was born, I've been moving you in this direction. Through, mel- through molestation, I've been moving you in this direction. Through rapes and abortions, I've been moving you in this direction. Through negative circumstances, I've been moving you in this direction. Through hell and high water, I've been moving you in this direction. Though he slay me, yet will I serve him. But I'm getting closer to what he promised me. Through miscarriages, I'm still going to get it. Through delays, I'm still going to get it. So I'm going to stop tripping because it's coming. I'm going to stop tripping because it's coming. How's it coming, preacher? Every day I walk with him, sweeter and sweeter as the days go by. I'm getting closer 
to my destiny. It's not anxious. It's not getting fretted. It's not tripping. And it ain't moving. It's got my name on it. And can't nobody have it but me. Can't nobody touch it but me. Can't nobody grab it but me. Can't nobody attain it but me. Somebody give him a praise. Give him a praise. Stop tripping. It's coming. Stop tripping. It's coming. Stop tripping. It's coming. Stop tripping. It's coming. I'm getting my money. I'm getting my healing. I'm getting my breakthrough. I'm getting my deliverance. I'm getting my power. I'm getting my anointing. It's waiting on me. It's seated in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. It's mine. It's mine. It's, 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 it's. Ah! Come on and praise him. I said, come on and praise him. If you know it's coming, pull it down. Stop tripping about your circumstance. It's coming. Stop tripping about your situation. It's coming. Don't worry about your past. It's coming. Don't worry about the pain. It's coming. Don't worry about the layoff. It's it. What I'm about to ask you to do is absolutely ridiculous. I don't expect everybody to do it. This is only for the people that just got confirmation that what you wrote, you're going to see him do before you shut your eyes. Text said, Pastor Exum. This is what it said. It said, write the vision and make it plain. That they that read it can run with it. You can't make nobody else run about your vision. Until you run with your vision. This, this, this may be a little chaotic. Y'all know I'm a runner. That's what I do. I, I don't need it. 
Well, you just beat me to it, girl. Run! 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 Run!
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I heard some awesome, awesome testimonies this morning and a wonderful word from the Lord. Stop tripping. <laughs> it's coming. Stop tripping. It is coming. And that's by Pastor Tim Ross. And I heard him say some things in there that it took me back, way back. Now, you've not been praying all day. You've been in there having a temper tantrum. Lord, why not me? Lord, why, why, why? We full of wise. We full of wise. Lord, help me. Lord, I won't dare. I won't dare. Everybody got this. She just got a new car. God, she can have the things. I'm... No, that ain't. That's not the way. <laughs> yeah, we got to stand up in God and for God. And look. We got to be strong in the power of his might, not our own. And when we take ourselves out of the equation, stop going with your feelings, all of that, because that's what's happening. Yesterday we talked about, I think it was related to Jesus, being related to him. And someone come and said, aren't we all related? I said, no. Go to Romans, the eighth chapter, and take a look. They wouldn't do that. See, look, they want the benefits of God, but they don't want the work they have to do to really and truly get the benefits. Now, he's going to supply your needs, many of you, because we are in the world. The people of God, the true believers, we are in the world. And in order for us to be blessed, he's blessing the world. Yeah, light, you know, uh, change in darkness, you know, the sun come out in the mornings, at night the moon come out, the water being held from the land, food, you know, supplies still flowing and different things. But guess what? We are more than blessed. The people of God have uncommon blessings. We're not suffering like others suffer. Look. Many, they honor, and that's what this person was doing. And some of them say they pastors and all these different kind of offices they hold in. But listen, you can honor God with your lips and your heart be far from it. Even your heart far from him. Simply because we talk about God, that don't make us belong to him. His word said we belong to him when we obey him. Man, let me tell y'all something. I have had the devil to try to pull me out of this thing all kind of ways. He called himself uh, uh, picking on me, joking about what I do, all kind of stuff. But I could hear the words saying, I let nothing separate me from the love of God. See, because the devil want to get you in a place. He'll send people. And they want to get you in a place that you you can rely on your flesh like they relying on their flesh. I don't think that's happening with me. I sold completely out to God. I know better. No matter what come our way, we got to hold on to Almighty God. Keep holding up the bloodstained banner. Keep telling the truth. They're not going to like it. Some folks lie. And then if you got them that really think they right with God because they do a bunch of talking about it. But your lips and your heart must say the same thing. Actions speak louder than words. This God that we serve, Almighty God, that have all power, Jehovah, that so loved us and sent his only son, Jesus, he's an action God. 
And when he don't see no actions from us, he just see our talk, he know better. He know what you truly feel. Because he knows the very intent of our heart. We just got to get right with him. That's how I'll get real with him. Let the flesh go. Pray and ask God, teach me how to let my flesh die so your spirit can live in me. And the proof will be in the pudding. You can see my actions of love towards you. I, I, I want to love you like you love me because you love me unconditional. And no matter what people say or do, I want to love you. I want to do what's pleasing and acceptable unto you. Listen, time is winding up. I know we think it's, it's, it's going to remain the same. It's going to be business as usual. But we all went to bed one night. Or some of us may have been working or whatever. But the next day, there was a thing called coronavirus they told us about. And they told us we had to wear masks and gloves and sanitize everything. Anybody remember that? But the day before, you 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 was good. You was going where you want, doing what you want. You didn't have a care about coronavirus because we knew nothing about it. Bam, all of a sudden we wake up and there it is. I think it was 95, <laughs> 95 South that said, whoop, there it is. Yeah. So we got to stop playing. You'll wake up one day and it's all over. And what will you do then? Because, see, we think we, we still got time. I'm going to do it next week. I'm going to do that tomorrow. I'm going to get right with God next month. And we constantly saying we're trying, we're trying. But we're not focusing. We focus on everything but God. Television shows, radio, what's happening in Hollywood, what's going on in the world. But our focus should be in the word of God so we'll know what's going on and it would be all right. Listen, someone from a home and garden show, uh, I want to say Lainey uh, Nutson, the show manager, manager, I guess, uh, sent me a bunch of tickets, a lot of tickets. Uh, for the Home and Garden Show in Jacksonville, Florida. It's going to be over at the fairgrounds, over at the Expo Center. So if you would like to go, I have a stack of tickets that they sent to me to give out. They came in the mail. I had no clue they was coming. And uh, I, I didn't even remember the uh, Jacksonville Home and Garden Show. But if you would like to go, Please let me know, and I will make sure uh, that I get you a ticket. It's going to be September 5th through the, I mean, September 2nd through the 5th. And somebody may want to use this as an outing for Labor Day. So if you want to, let me know, and I will get these tickets to you as quick as possible. We got a little time even to put them in the mail if you're in the Jacksonville area. You know, if you're in Lake City, if you're in Gainesville, if you're in uh, Lake Mary, you know, where, Baldwin, wherever you are, Lake Butler, you know, uh, you might be in St. Augustine, Palm Coast, Daytona, Armand Beach. If you're in that area, you might be in the Orlando area, Kissimmee, and you want these tickets so you come to the Jacksonville, um, what I said as well again. Home and Garden Show. 
They have patio furniture, all kind of beautiful stuff. And uh, if you like to attend again, uh, please, you can uh, call me at 904-644-7912 and leave me a message on the phone. I'm checking them all day because I want to make sure if you call, and I, I'm not in the office, but I, you know, I'm going to be checking the messages. That way I can get these in the mail to you as quick as possible, probably overnight mail, because you want to go to that show. And like I said, some may want to use it for Labor Day, you know, as an outing. You know, you might want to take your family. Let's go look at the, the home and, and, and uh, garden stuff they got. Let's go look at some ideas, how we want to do our yard or how, whatever, you know, we want to do our house. So feel free to let me know. I have tickets. Um, the next thing I want to announce is on September 17th down in Groveland, Florida uh, at 15, I mean, 15750 Stucky Loop, Groveland, Florida, 34736. Properties Coretta will have what they call Chorus Pop-Up Tent. You can eat and shop. They're going to have baked goods, face painting, food, trucks, jewelry, and much more. So if you want to attend that, it would be uh, Saturday, September 17th, starting at 11 o'clock in the morning, and it'll end at 5 p.m. So if you want to go, uh, you can call uh, Properties Coretta. You can call her at 352-321-1967. Again, that is 352-321-1967. I really do plan on attending, and I had asked uh, Erica and Thelma to go with me because I want to um, take some brownies and different things over there, you know, baked goods. And uh, I plan to meet some family members over there as well. And uh, I am just excited to get to see, hopefully get to see Pastor David and Sion and Dot over there. And maybe Baby Kay, I don't know. But I thank God. I thank God for these announcements this morning. And again, you can call me at 904-644-7912. And uh, I'll get those tickets in the mail to you. If you want to know more about the uh, chorus pop-up tent, let me know. And Because uh, i got to look for a tent because I don't own a tent. But I'm talking to my son in uh, Orlando to see <clears throat> if I can get him bring a tent for the both of us. Because they do all of that down there. Have all type of stuff. Crab uh, festivals and all of that. So I'd like to have a little cute tent. And uh, I, I have a folding table, and I take my table and my tent and a piece of carpet to put on the ground, set my tent up, set my table up, and set my baked goods up. Yeah. And uh, let people enjoy because the brownies are excellent. Chocolate tea. Yeah. And uh, when I think like that, I think on people enjoying it because I like good food myself, and I like a good dessert. So. Uh, I know somebody could enjoy it, you know, and I was thinking about cupcakes and pound cake and 7-Up pound cake, you know, and uh, I was thinking on that so I know that uh, we can enjoy. I I plan on enjoying whatever I see down there that I like, 
you know, that I want to eat, you know, I may not be able to eat a whole thing of it, but I may be able to taste some stuff over there. So, yeah, I plan on going and checking that out. Yeah. So meet me over there. Join us over there, Stucky, uh-huh. over in Groveland, Florida. Oh, it's been so long since I've been over there. But uh, I thank God for the opportunity to come and get to see Properties Corretta and spend a little time with her. I know we're going to laugh. That's <laughs> because in a way she's like me, we love laughter and we love a good time. But if God speaks, we're going to cut all of that out and get about the Father's business. And so I'm grateful unto him this morning. Listen, I have um, a request to play this morning. And uh, I'm looking for it right now. I'm looking for it right now. All right. This uh, request is for you, Sister Jerry. Yeah, someone requested that I play this for you. What the mercy of God can do. If you knew me then, you'd believe me now. He turned my whole life upside down. Took the old and he made it new. That's just what the mercy of God now I'm alive to tell the story How I've overcome His goodness and mercy And the power of His blood I'm so glad that my freedom Wasn't based on what I've done Goodness and mercy the power of the blood so much power in the blood
the love worldwide www.jesusinthemorningradio.com hallelujah hallelujah i love that song right there myself and i think it was yesterday brother louis was telling me i woke up singing that song uh, he woke up thinking about it or something yeah it's a great song it's a great song and uh, i like the way the sound to it, the way they put the music to it. I love the lyrics, you know, the words of it. And I like the way this young man boy sound that sings it, Chris. Yeah. And so I'm grateful. Intercessors, I have two uh, different uh, bereaved situations this morning. I'm going to ask you to pray for the Huffman family. Yeah, the Huffman family. Um, my cousin Jane was married to Don Huffman. And he passed away, they want to believe, on Monday. But they said they hadn't heard from him in a week. And they found him um, in the house deceased. So pray for that family. And then um, Sister Irene, one of her friends, passed away this morning. So we want to lift her up in prayer and lift that family uh, up in prayer. And we don't have to know their names. God knows. God knows. He know their names. He know who they are. We're just praying for bereaved families this morning. Intercessory prayer people. We're praying for preachers, widowers. Yeah, we're praying for folk this morning. Because, you know, we never know when our day will come, when our hour will come, or even if we lose a loved one. And we need strength to get through it. Yeah, many times we need strength to get through it. And I'm telling you, it has proven to me that you can be strong and get through it. Yeah, my dad passed away. I had strength to get through it. And look at me today. When Father's Day come, I'm not screaming and yelling. I had a wonderful mother. When Mother's Day come, I'm not crying and and going to put no flowers on no bricks out at no cemetery because my mom is not there. Yeah, my dad is not there. So it's a waste of time for me to buy flowers, a waste of money, and a waste of my time to go out there talking to uh, the ground. Some bones that, you know, can't hear. Yeah, I, I, I just don't, I can't see all of that. But if I live right, hallelujah, one day I'll get to actually see them again. I actually get to spend time with them again. Yeah, but I got to live right. I got to get right with God. Hallelujah. And I won't be, that. that's for the world. I'm, I'm telling you. But you don't understand. I love my mama, but mama gone. She done served a purpose in this life. And mama is gone. Yeah, when they was talking about Joshua this morning, the little boy that loved God more than he loved his mom, I thought about my daughter. And I know she loved God more than she loved me. Yeah, and she gave me a testimony of one time of her when when she got to heaven. 
I know it to be the truth because the same experience happened to me. It was just in a different way. She loved the saying, I love to cook. So my experience was in pe- with people in the kitchen cooking. Hers was, was with saying. Yeah. So I know if I continue on this journey, continue to do what's pleasing and acceptable unto Almighty God, I know that I get to see my youngin again. Yeah, I will. I would, oh, I could shout about that thing right now. Uh-uh. Hey, glory. I get to see my parents again. I have a sister <laughs> Ooh, who left here in 1975. Her name was Carolyn. I get to see, this my biological sister. I get to see her again. Uh, my cousin Jane, the one I said her husband passed away on Monday. I get to see her again. But it takes something to get something. Nobody's just slipping and sliding off into heaven with God. Heaven is a special place. And when we lose a loved one, God can give us strength to get through that thing. And we go on. Because I can't die because you died. Expecting it's not my time to go. Yeah, now if it's my time to go, God will let it happen. But my life is in his hand. And my life is hid in him. Hallelujah. So it's all right this morning in Jesus' name. Ah, uh, yeah. Amen. Amen. Yes, stand on the promises. Oh, no, 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 no. And you don't have to be sorry. No, you're not taking away. I'm still working right here, right now. But the thing of it is we give our all to God. Anything come our way, we know we can't handle it. Here, Lord, take this. I'm going that way because I... It's nothing I can do with this. Only you can fix this. And while you're working on that, I'm going over here and see what I can do for uh, uh, Johnny. I'm, I'm going over here and see what I can do for Carol. Well, when I get through over there, well, I may be able to stop by over here and see if Deborah needs something. Yeah, I'm doing his business while he's working on mine. And many times when I get back home, what I was striving with already been done. He made a way. Sometimes I'm sitting in there on the couch and he just showed me. <laughs> it's already done. Hallelujah. Yesterday, uh, Theon spoke about uncommon uh, money for me, uncommon blessings. And uh, she sent me some fake money. You know how you do the little uh, emojis, I think they call over on Facebook. So she sent me a bunch of money, a bunch of stacks. And when I saw it, I said, Yes, Lord. <laughs> And so yesterday, uh, I got uh, to make a quick 20-minute banana pudding and got an uncommon payment for it. you hear me? Uncommon. So today, I uh, already got it working. already got everything working because I know what the call is going to be about today. And it got to do with sweet potatoes. So I already got that made up. All I got to do is bake it off and right there and let, let me get that little bit up out here i got some people who need the help yeah they need the money yeah some people need to uh pay their rent yeah and some people need food so i'm working some things and things you know coming about so that i can help others yeah i know i gotta work on fix the jpay and i will pay jpay $194. I, I'm getting to that. I'm getting to it. But folks with rent payments and stuff is a little bit more 
than JPEG, because these folks can write me a letter and put it in the mail if it's that important to them, you see. But I've, I've basically trained them, the old ones, you know, who, who've been writing it for years. I basically trained them, trust God. I can't do nothing for you, but encourage you. And if you trust God, he'll send somebody else if he can't send me. But, you know, sometimes we just hooked on one person. Oh, if she ain't doing it, I don't want it. If pastor not preaching today, I'm not going to church. Oh, so the Bible going to have them on the show? No, I'm not going over there this morning. I'm going to find something else to do. Yeah, you know how people do. Now, God not sending you. That, that, that's a horse of a different color. Don't come. Please don't. If he's not sending you, don't do it. But if he send you, that means he have something for you. And uh, this morning, I truly enjoyed all of those testimonies. And um, tomorrow, I have another one for you from a sister from the uh, Times Square Church, where we heard the testimony yesterday of uh, Pastor Carter Colin. I love him. I love him. I love him. I love him. I love the way he brings the word because he teach the truth. I love his testimony and the way he uh, uplifted me and the laughter of it. You know, I know it to be the truth. And uh, God saved him and he was able to lay hands on his wife and she received the Holy Ghost. Yeah. And so I thank God for all for knowing all of these things. Yeah, I thank you. Good morning, Apostle. God bless you this morning. <laughs> Hallelujah. She said, blessings and peace, everyone. Hallelujah. So look, let me go to this quick one. And uh, when I come back, um, we'll see when I come back. Let's go to this. How many come in here to have church tonight? Oh, are you in the right place?
according to his riches and glory by Son Christ Jesus. We just got to get serious about his business and about him. Yeah, and stop being talkers and knowers and be doers. James even told us that. Yeah, don't just, just, just know the word. Do what it says. We're better off. Hallelujah. So again, this morning, we're grateful. And uh, we're going to pray out. Uh, we have about 14 minutes. So we'll pray out this morning, and we pray that the Lord bring us back tomorrow morning, like I said, 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time for another episode of Jesus in the Morning. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for all that has been said and done here today. We thank you, Lord, that it's in your hands, our lives, what go on with us. We trust you this morning. Father, we give you glory. We give you the honor and praise. We're grateful unto you. We appreciate you. And Father, we love you today. I thank you, Jesus, for it was you who first loved us. Father, we bring the bereaved families before you this morning. We bring the friends and families of those that lost loved ones. And Father, we ask that you would strengthen in this hour. And God, don't let them focus on the lost. But God, if they knew you, let them focus on, they will get to see them again. In the name of Jesus, strengthen these families today, Lord. In the name of Jesus. And Father, touch and heal those that are sick here this morning those that have aches and pains and going through. And Lord, if they could focus on you because you took a beating for the healing of the nations, you heal all manner of sickness and disease. But Lord, if they don't trust you, if they don't believe you, that you can't heal them because they don't believe. But God, for those that believe you have healing power, do it today in the name of Jesus. When they go back to the doctor, let them get a 100% clean bill of health. In the name of Jesus, those that want to come off medications, Lord, bring them off the meds. In the name of Jesus, we thank you this morning. And Father, we ask that as we depart, that you would bless our going out and our coming in. Meet the need in our lives today, according to your riches and glory, by your son, Christ Jesus. We ask it again. And Father, we are asking it all in Jesus' name this morning. Amen and hallelujah. May the Lord watch between me and thee while we are absent, one from another, in the name of Jesus. Go today in love and peace. <clears throat> Share the good news of Jesus and give someone something of quality. God loves a cheerful giver. Have a blessed day. I'll speak the blessings, uncommon blessings, of Almighty God upon you today, August the 25th, 2022. In Jesus' name. So at this time, I'm going to say bye-bye, and we're going to our last song of the morning. And after this song, we won't be com coming back. How many Ma
With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.